grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors, dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crowned to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis and let's keep up with the Windsors. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Keeping Up With The Windsors. My name is Michelle. And I'm Rachel. And we have had lots and lots and lots of voice notes this week. Thank you so much for participating in our Royal Community Confessions, which I don't know whether we should change the name of that. Does this sound a bit too, like, seedy? Yeah, it sounds a bit dark. Confess all or be aware. <laughs> Maybe we should call it Royal Community Corner. But then we don't stick baby in the corner. We don't put him in the corner. <laughs> so we've got two voice notes. We're going to start with a voice note from Jenny Schmidt. And here's what Jenny has to say. Hi, ladies. Jenny from Sammamish, Washington here. I just wanted to say thanks for the podcast. I really enjoy listening to it when I'm working on my Queen's Platinum Jubilee quilt. And it's always fun hearing your very balanced views on what's going on with the royal family. I also wanted to throw out there and let your listeners worldwide know that even if they do not live in the UK and cannot send away for a Queen's Green Canopy plaque, and participate that way, we can still send in a donation and have a tree planted separately and we'll receive a certificate. So I did that and I just want to let everyone else know that they are also able to do that. And then a tree will be planted somewhere in the UK in honor of the Queen. So thanks so much. Wow. Thank you so much, Jenny, for letting us know. For one, buying, you know, a plaque to commemorate Her Majesty the Queen Elizabeth II. Yeah. How amazing, Shell. And yeah, Royal Community, if you want to get involved and if you want to buy a tree for the Jubilee. And obviously have your own Jubilee moment. Jubilee! <laughs> we will leave a link in the show notes to the Queen's Green Canopy. And also, Jenny, when you have finished your quilt, please send us a photo on Instagram and we'd love to share it with the Royal Community. Happy quilting is what I I have to say from that. <laughs> okay, our next voice note is from Kathy Holmes Simon. So take it away. Hello, ladies. Happy Saturday. Did I miss the episode where you talked about King Charles's equerry, Lieutenant Colonel Johnny Thompson? Oh my goodness, with his kilt. Oh, first he he used to be upstaged by Diana walking next to him and now he's being upstaged by the lieutenant colonel oh my god what a heartthrob let's hear a little bit about him on one of your podcasts take care ladies bye oh my gosh this is hilarious major johnny thompson he has literally become such a meme hasn't he everybody loves him (laughs) do you know what it's interesting what kathy said with charles being upstaged by diana because he was literally second fiddle wasn't he and now everyone's like with johnny yeah it's the same with william and catherine though isn't it because normally if we see them on engagement together we're all talking about catherine normally (laughs) and it's like we'll talk about this in a bit but there was the diplomatic reception at buckingham palace last night and what was funny is everyone was like that's a famous William <laughs> so thank you so much for your voice notes and if you're listening to this podcast thinking are we going to talk about 
Harry and Meghan, the docu-series. In this episode, Rachel and I are not going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it in next week's episode and have a whole episode on it because we don't want to talk about only half of the series. We want to talk about it in its entirety and to also have a little bit of a distance from it so we can be a bit more impartial. So stick with us because we've got some really great stuff coming, but we will say that the docu-series did release a second trailer this week, Rach, and it showed lots and lots of pictures of paparazzi and that has been called out, hasn't it, for not being true to the situation. Apparently one was at Harry Potter premiere, another one, Katie Price at a court case. But, you know, I understand from a documentary point of view that this is stock photos and they've probably just bought the stock photos to create the story. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people are calling them out and saying, well, it is a documentary. We want... The truth. Yep. If this is the truth, then everything should be the truth. But I do understand from like an editorial point of view why they would have done that. So again, I think a lot of people are like, oh, well, does this mean the docuseries is going to be X, Y, and Z? No, Harry and Meghan might not have had those editorial decisions. It could possibly be just the director, the producer, and Netflix, you know, itself. But we'll see. I mean, we haven't watched it yet. We are recording this on Wednesday and you're listening to this on Saturday. Um, So you would have known way more than us right now about the docuseries. <laughs> Come on over to Instagram, keep it up with the Windsor's pod and let us know what you think. What did you think of the trailer, Rach? Yeah, I mean, you know, the trailer was the trailer. Again, they've been called out on certain things, but Harry said we know the truth. Haven't you told the truth before? We shall wait and see. I thought that was the whole point of the Oprah interview was that was their one time to tell the truth. And I actually um, made a joke to you, Shell, last week that I was like, they'll be telling this story when they're in their 60s. I think, <laughs> I think you said 70s, Rachel. 60s, 70s, you know. <laughs> and also, Royal Community, we just want to say thank you for sticking around because last week our episode went up a bit late and we had so many of you contacting us. Where's the episode? You thought something could have happened. It was basically due to technical difficulties. And don't forget, here in the UK, our podcast episode goes up on a Friday night at midnight. So if you're listening anywhere else in the world, US, for example, you might be getting it in lunchtime or the afternoon. Yeah. So we're really sorry about that. Thank you so much for sticking with us. We that's the first time it's ever happened to us. A podcast has gone up late. So yeah, just thanks for sticking around. Right. Let's move on. What are we talking about today, Rach? So, continuation of William and Catherine in Boston. We've also got Sophie, the Countess of Wessex. She's received an award, which is absolutely incredible. And also, the Queen Consort is on the cover of a magazine. Ooh. All right. So, let's get to it. So let's start with the Prince and Princess of Wales. On the last day of their trip to Boston, Catherine held a meeting at the Centre on the Developing Child at Harvard University. Now, Catherine's Early Years Initiative collaborated with Harvard and she was there to share the practices that the foundation has been working on. Now, what was really interesting about this engagement, so many crowds had formed outside just waiting for a glimpse of Catherine. She got out of the car and it was like Beatlemania. (laughs) Yeah. And when she went in, she signed a visitor's book. And what was really interesting about this is it was signed by a then Prince Charles back in 1986. Oh, I love it. We didn't see very much about the actual engagement. They were in meetings but we did have the picture of signing the book and then the actual walk around meeting the crowds yeah and what's been lovely is so many of you that listen to our podcast or you follow us on our Instagram have been sending us photos and videos of you actually shaking Catherine's hand and yeah. seeing her in the flesh. And we've never done that show, have we? And we live here in the UK. Honestly, I just felt like I should have gone over there for the airfare just to have the experience. 
<laughs> and how you all held it together because I'd be crying my eyes out. <laughs> Love oh, it. So funny. So while Catherine was at Harvard, William was at the JFK Library where he met Caroline Kennedy, John F. Kennedy's daughter. And we spoke about this on last week's episode, how John F. Kennedy's moonshot actually inspired William's work with the Earthshot Prize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was talk for a few days beforehand, but William then met President Biden. And what was absolutely incredible about this meeting show is that Biden came to William. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, here's William mixing with world leaders, just as you do on a normal day. Yeah. And what was so funny was there was a video that popped up on our Instagram. And as William was walking over to the president, Biden said, where's your top coat? Because it was obviously really cold. And everyone was messaging like, Grandpa Joe. (laughs) Exactly. It was a really nice interaction because obviously they've met before. We also saw a picture this week when it was the reception for Buckingham Palace just before the Queen's funeral. There was the King, Queen Consort and the Prince and Princess of Wales with the Bidens. They've met each other on numerous occasions now. There's a lot more of a rapport built between them. So it was nice to see that. He's like, where's your your top coat, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) absolutely love it. So the whole reason for William and Catherine's visit to Boston was, of course, the Earthshot Prize Awards. Now, when they arrived on their last evening in Boston, the crowds went wild. Yeah. And no wonder, because Catherine Shell, oh my goodness, stepped out in a shade of green I would have never expected her to wear. Yeah. But she slayed that green carpet. Well, let's put it this way, right? It was two shades away from being Slimer in Ghostbusters. And I was like, that shade was just right on the money because it could have gone either way, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. And also it was quite brave of her to wear green because it was on a green carpet. And also the stage had lots of trees on it. So I think it needs to be that vibrant green in order to stand out. And we also saw for the first time since Diana, Princess of Wales, wore this piece, the diamond emerald toker from Queen Mary's collection. So the royal vaults were open. (laughs) Yeah, but Rach, never mind the choker, did you see her shoes? Oh, incredible. The whole outfit and the whole evening, obviously it's about sustainability. So it was either you wear a rewear, you wear vintage, something that's been worn before. And People on Twitter immediately was starting to attack Catherine saying, oh, she's wearing a new dress. Wasn't That's not the point of the Earthshot Prize Awards. And then about five minutes later, it was announced that it was from the designer Solace London from a rental company called Her here in the UK. Now, I'm going to just call them out right now. Royal family, we need you to rent more dresses, okay? We don't need to be buying loads of things. We need you to rent more things to create more sustainable clothing and to help with the climate. You know, one of the big climate contributors is fast fashion. So this is a really great step in the right direction. Absolutely. Rach, what did you think of what William was wearing? I mean, to be honest, I can't really remember what William was wearing. (laughs) Just looking at Catherine. It was a blue jacket with a dicky bow. My dream come true a second time. Oh, well, he looks fabulous. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) He didn't have his Top Gun loafers on this time, did he? No, he he didn't. He didn't. (laughs) So, Shell, let's talk about the awards themselves. What did you think of the overall ceremony? I loved it. It was really inspiring. I cried loads. I always do watching this. I think it just brings me so much hope because sometimes you feel quite helpless in your everyday to day life. You know, you can recycle or buy secondhand clothes and whatever, but you just feel like 
is it enough? And then you see all these amazing solutions and it just makes me really proud of ingenuity and creativity and the human genius really in being inventive. So it always makes me cry because of that. Although I have to say it wasn't my favorite. The first one was my favorite. Yeah. Um, the set design, like absolutely out of this world, but there was something for me was lacking. And that was, I would have loved to have seen the previous winners and where they were at in their journey. I was just about to say that. Because it's a year on from them. And I think I know why they didn't do it because they didn't want to take the focus away. But then also when they did show the three, I would have liked to have known a little bit more about the three, but we only found out out about the winner more and maybe I should have been on their socials more but I think to be honest that's what the ceremony is there for is to celebrate that and they sh- I personally those are things I would change I wasn't a massive fan of Billie Eilish being a remote performer I think yeah. if you're there in a ceremony it needs to be a live performance we had that the same with who was it Shawn Mendes on the rooftop New York last um, oh yeah 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 for the first Earthshot prize I, I'm not a massive fan of those types of performances I absolutely love the award it's just designed in the most beautiful way we speak so much about the Earthshot in our other episodes which I'll link in the show notes but it was nice to be in America actually we saw some royalty didn't we of america Catherine o'hara absolutely love her i mean ever since home alone get in i mean how can you not love her and now shit's creak and all that and you could tell that everyone was just so proud to be there because they really believe in this cause shailene woodley was on there wasn't she given an award but at the end we saw some backstage shots she was proper fangirling. Like, I can't believe I'm here. Um, but let me just say one thing. On. I think David Beckham's out for a knighthood. Yeah, but I thought he had one because he's Sir David Beckham. No, he's not Sir David Beckham. He's got That's an MBE. I'm going to Google it right now, Royal Community. Right, you tell the Royal Community what you think of the Earthshot Prize whilst I Google this. Yeah, I agree with you. I would have loved to have seen more from the previous winners. But again, I understand why they didn't show that. I absolutely loved the Clean Art Air winner, which was Makuru clean stoves I just thought this was absolutely amazing and this is a project that the lady that came up with this idea has been working on for the past 10 years because her own daughter burned herself on a stove and so again we'll put links to the Earthshot Prize in the description in the um, show notes but if you want to read up on any of the winners have a look because their initiatives are absolutely incredible and you know I think William and Catherine being there I think this this needs to happen every single year is that William and Catherine at all, at all these awards and I'll be really interested to see where it happens next year my guess is Shell it may be Australia it'd be nice it's a it's a worldwide event isn't it and it'd be nice for it to be in different parts of the world he's got no be david beckham oh well, there you go <laughs> an OBE. so i mean maybe his knighthood's on the way who knows and royal community if you don't know what that means it's order of the british empire it just again excellent awards it was lovely that it was in boston i think boston really came through as hosting the royal couple for the three days they did an yeah. excellent job they really did. And then apparently straight after the awards, they got back on a commercial flight and they was with their kids the next day at their school open day. There we go. As simple as that. <laughs> well, another royal was in the US this week, right? It was the Countess of Wessex. She was honoured by Hillary Clinton with a Hillary Rodham Clinton Award at Georgetown University. And this was for working to promote women's rights. It's 
It's an annual award that's given for exceptional leadership in advancing women's rights and creating a more peaceful and secure world for all. Now, when introducing Sophie, Hillary said, today we are honouring Her Royal Highness, the Countess of Wessex, who has travelled to some of the most violent and difficult conflict zones, and she's played a pivotal role in her country's initiatives to rally global action. Here, 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 here. Yes. Sophie then said, I accept the Hillary Rodham Clinton Award in the name of every survivor of conflict-related sexual violence. And I dedicate it also to the amazing, brave and inspirational women peace builders around the world. It's so amazing for someone such as the Countess of Wessex to be honoured in this way. And we've spoken so much about her conflict-related sexual violence initiatives. She always picks initiatives that seem a bit taboo. And I absolutely love this. And fantastic that she's getting recognised on a worldwide scale as well. Yeah, we've had... Edward and Sophie at the Royal Variety performance, which we did talk about last week. And this, they have been elevated in the royal family. And I really tip my hat to King Charles for allowing this to happen. I think with the Queen, they were a bit too far down the pecking order, if that makes sense. Whereas now, because it's tipped, they've moved up. They're now getting even more adulation and credit for what they always deserve, really. So let's move on. Shell, we had another tiara moment this week. Very unexpected. I can't keep up, Rach. I cannot keep up. So there was a diplomatic reception held at Buckingham Palace on Tuesday. And as we said, it was another tiara moment. Yeah. Two in the past months. You know, we've waited for two years and then we get two in the past month. How incredible. <laughs> they knew it was waiting. They were like, we're going to give it to you. Yeah, absolutely. So Catherine was wearing the lotus flower tiara, which belonged to the Queen Mother. And an interesting fact for you is that the Duke of York, who would later become King George VI, the Queen's father, bought this piece as a wedding gift from Garrard as a necklace. And then ah. the Queen Mother later commissioned Garrard to use the diamonds to make a tiara, which in the 1920s she famously wore as a bandeau style. Wow. I feel like since we started Keeping Up with the Windsors, I know so much more about royal jewellery, especially going to the tiara exhibition at Sotheby's. And you listened to Angela Kelly's book as well, didn't you? And that has a section on tiaras. Exactly. And I feel like I'm starting to get to grips with all the different terminology. But also we had Catherine from the Royal Jewellery Box with our Royal Jewellery special. And I'll leave all the links in the show notes to any of that if you want to know more about royal jewellery. And I just feel like, I'm like, I know what bandau means. (laughs) I know what what this means and that means now. I'm feeling a little bit more educated. And it was just, again, it's lovely to see a different tiara on Catherine. At least it wasn't the Cambridge Lovers Knot, right? (laughs) I would have screamed if it was the Cambridge Lovers Knot. Like, get that thing off your head! But we did have a repeat from the Queen Consort because, again, she was wearing the Belgian Sapphire tiara, which she wore to the state banquet a few weeks ago. Yeah. I'm wondering as well whether she chose to wear the same one because, again, we're in a cost of living crisis here in the UK. And for her to have, because obviously now she's the queen consort, for her to be just swapping out from tiara to tiara, it might look a bit like she's rubbing our faces in it. Nah, put them all on. She's royalty. No, I'm the same. I'm like, stick it on. Go for a girl. You wear you wear those uh, tiaras. <laughs> but I have to say, I'm going to say this out loud. Rach, you're going to absolutely just go mental what I'm about to say. Oh gosh, Garland. I thought Catherine looked like she was going to be in a pageant. 
I didn't like this look on her at all. Didn't you? Honestly, I, really I didn't like it. the color. I didn't like the dress. I didn't like the way her hair was. It looked very pageant-like. And that's nothing against pageants. But it's everything against royal style. For me, it wasn't royal. It was too... And especially if she had the sash. It just looked too pageants. Michelle... <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. I have an opinion and I will share it. <laughs> she looked amazing. Yeah. But when I looked at it, I was like, oh, nah. It, it wasn't one of my favorite looks. I'm going to admit that. I loved seeing the Lotus Flower Tiara. And she was also wearing Queen Elizabeth's earrings as well. And she's worn these on a number of occasions. Red isn't my favorite color, but I no, actually really loved the long sleeve. It was, of course, Jenny Packham which is one of her go-to designers, especially for an occasion like this. And what was really nice was we actually got a shot of the whole look, the same as Camilla's, because for diplomatic receptions, we don't usually get that. For a state occasion like the other week, that's a given because it is a state occasion. Yeah. But for something like the diplomatic reception, somebody actually said over on Instagram, oh, that was quick. And I was like, but it's not a dinner. It's literally a drinks reception. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, we now see changes that are happening from King Charles's reign that never would have happened with the Queen. We have a photographer in the actual place taking pictures and I'm here for it. I'm loving it. But it was very different to Queen Elizabeth. And maybe these are positive steps forward, but only time will tell whether these are positive or too much. You know, we'll never really know until we look back in hindsight. We're moving on. The King was in Luton this week where he went to the town hall and met with crowds outside. He also visited Guru Nanak's Gurdwara, a Sikh community hub. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Here he met volunteers who run the Luton Sikh soup kitchen stand, which provides vegetarian hot meals seven days a week, 365 days a year at the Gurdwara. Then it was onto the DART, D-A-R-T, I don't know what that stands for, a <laughs> energy efficient electric cable car that will transport train arrivals to Luton Airport and will reduce carbon emissions by 70%. Again, the crowds went wild for King Charles in Luton, wouldn't they, Rach? The crowds were out in force, weren't they? And it's yeah. really funny because one of my friends lives in Luton and her husband went and she sent me a photo and he was right <laughs> next to the king. <laughs> I love it. Now... We also have to be very balanced and say that someone was arrested for supposedly throwing an egg at Charles. And again, it begs the question of security, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, this was an outside area. This was just outside of the town hall and it was dealt with very quickly. I personally, I didn't even see the egg land on the floor. No, me neither. It was only because some of the royal reporters were picking this up, but it was picked up on my local news because Luton is in my local area. But apart from that, I really enjoyed this engagement. It's really interesting to see because the coronation is a Christian ceremony because he is anointed by God as the monarch. But we have heard that this is going to be more streamlined and it's going to be more modernized to include other faiths. Yeah. And we know, for instance, doing this podcast, as we followed King Charles, then Prince Charles, he is already versed in multi-faith communities, isn't he? Absolutely. I think the role of a monarch is to bring people together. And this is one of those instances. Absolutely. And, you know, we've said it before, even on the run up to the coronation and even after the coronation, it's going to be a tough year for the monarchy, for the royal family, as individuals, 
but also as the family unit, as the institution. And that's obviously to do with Harry and Meghan's documentary coming out this week and next week and Harry's book release in January. It's a tough time to be part of the royal community. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And I actually saw something really interesting, Shell. And I think anyone that's listened to this podcast, remember this. Somebody put on a post, everything that's going on at the moment, we don't know the royals personally and they don't know us and they never will personally. Unless you're obviously very lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Don't let what's happening with the royal family affect your own mental health. Yeah. If you feel the need to, take a break from Twitter, take a break from Instagram. Don't let their lives impact you. Yeah. I think that's a really important thing to remember. And especially for us, because we follow them every week and we have this podcast, we kind of have to be on the ball constantly. Yeah. Yeah. We're called out. We're also held to account. It's a tough thing. And I didn't realise how tough it was going to be. If I knew what I know now, starting this podcast, (laughs) I don't know whether I would start it. (laughs) Yeah, and you started because we were having conversations about them every time we saw each other. I know, and now it's become this big thing. And and with it becomes a... It sounds like Spider-Man, doesn't it? With great power comes great responsibility. And I'm like, I didn't ask for it. I didn't ask for it. <laughs> but we love you, Royal Community. We so do. keep listening. <laughs> keep listening. Yeah, that was not a slight on the Royal Community at all. We have seen the Queen Consort along with Catherine, Sophie, the Princess Royal, Princess Alexandra and the Duchess of Gloucester all appear in Good Housekeeping Magazine. Yay! This is absolutely incredible. When this dropped, I was like, wow. Yeah. I need, to, I need to get a copy of this. The festive edition shines a light on charities that the women have chosen to highlight. So Camilla has chosen Safe Lives. Catherine has chosen Family Action. The Hobnob has picked Kira's Trust. Sophie has picked NSPCC and Childline. The Duchess of Gloucester has picked Missing People. And Princess Alexandra has chosen Alzheimer's Society. Now, the magazine will celebrate its 100th anniversary this year and will also feature a recipe ah, for a royal chocolate your log i didn't know about this that's why i was chuffed oh my goodness me i love your log and also how to decorate your tree with tips picked by experts at the royal collection trust i have got something to say about this go on the royal collection trust on their instagram or it might have been windsor castle i can't remember which one have been doing some stories around windsor castle and their big massive christmas tree in saint george's hall And I nicked an idea already from their tree. And it was little velvet ribbons to put on the tree. They've got purple ribbons on theirs. My tree is really traditional with red and green. And I had these (laughs) these velvet green ribbons left over from my crackers last year. And I kept them. I thought, let's see what I can do with them. And I saw their tree and I was like, I'm going to nick the idea. (laughs) Yeah, I think this is incredible. And what I love about all of these women is that it's not about them. It's purely to highlight the charities that they are supporting and for it to be in Good Housekeeping's 100th year. And the editor of the magazine said, this is what's finishing off our 100 year celebration is to have all these royal ladies involved. So it's for a great cause. And again, we'll link all the charities in the show notes. And I'm going to see how easy this Christmas jewel log is. You've got to give it a bit of rage. I will try. If I've got the ingredients. You've got to Instagram it. We've got to see it on Instagram. I will give it a go. I will give it a go. I mean, I always look back on um, the Christmas pudding, but it's just so hard to do a Christmas pudding. Well, it I is. think so anyway. Royal community, have you ever done one? 
Instagram me. I don't keep it on Mrs. Pods. But it's not just that. I think with Christmas puddings, you've got to like soak them in the alcohol for ages. So Yeah, in the brandy. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Are we going to have a different family member on the cover or is it just the Queen Consort? No, it's just the Queen Consort on the cover. Yeah. And the cover's gold, isn't it? It's lovely. Yeah. And the photo was taken back in 2020 because I double checked with Christy from Work Hill with Love, who she's yeah. been on the podcast and we have an episode with her as well. So listen back to that. And yeah. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah, Merry Christmas. So next week, we're going to have the Royal Christmas Service. And it's been announced that the King and the Queen Consort will also be in attendance. Yeah, and it's going to really celebrate Queen Elizabeth, which I think is a lovely touch. And I cried last year. I'm going to probably be a, a blubbering mess before Christmas with the carol service. Oh, I can't wait to sing all the carols along with them, to be fair. Did I see the Craig David's going to be on it? Or was that just me? Yeah, no, Craig yeah. David. Yeah, yeah. I felt Melanie C from the Spice Girls. Spice Love it. <laughs> Bring it on, is what I say. Bring it on. We are going to finish the episode with Princess Beatrice, Edo, and Sarah, the Duchess of York, attended the Lady Garden Gala at Claridge's. The foundation is a national women's health charity that raises awareness of gynecological health. This was yesterday, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, the same yeah. day as the diplomatic reception, yeah. And Claridge's is one of your favourite hotels, isn't it, Rach? Oh, Claridge's. <laughs> so... I'm more of a Savoy girl, Royal Community. I love the Savoy. I love Claridge's. Absolutely love it. It's just such a London staple. If you're ever in the UK, you must go to Claridge's, even if it's to just have a nose around. Yeah. And I say the exact same thing about the Savoy. If you're in London, you have to go. You have to go. I've had afternoon tea at both Claridge's and Savoy. I prefer Claridge's, but you prefer Savoy. I prefer Savoy. Yeah, Savoy is my favourite afternoon tea I've had. My husband had high tea, which gives you an extra like, I think he had like an Eggs Benedict, but Mm. fancy. And I just had the afternoon tea, which was just divine. It was my favourite. Don't get me wrong, Claridge's was just amazing, but it didn't rank in my top three. But we have got other afternoon teas we need to go to. We've got a few on the list world community. So we've got to go to Fortnum and Mason, but it's like a hundred million pounds. Fortnum and Mason. I was supposed to go to the Lanesboro, but because we've had just train strikes here in the UK, I couldn't go to that, which is really disappointing. I've been to the Lanesboro afternoon tea and it was good. It was in the top 10, but it was it's not my favourite. Yeah. So let us know if you want to know our top 10 afternoon teas. Yeah, yeah, bring it on. I could talk about afternoon tea. I, I think we could do an afternoon tea podcast, Roche. That's how much I, I love it. I don't think we've actually been to an afternoon tea together, though, have we? Have we not? No, because we tried to go to afternoon tea at Kensington Palace and they were fully booked. So, no, I don't think we have. Right, it's on the list. Well, community, on the list. This, list, this list is ever growing, by the way. It's growing. Yeah, the thing is, Rach, you don't like tea and you don't like butter. So, I just asked for butter... Butter in the sandwiches, take the butter off, and I just have a Coke instead of a tea. But I'll put the Coke in a teacup, you know, win win. Chill is the only British person I know that doesn't like tea. I just don't understand it. I don't like any hot drinks apart from Hotel Chocolat hot chocolate. There you go. A little oh, bit of uh, personal information you never wanted or QAC, but there you have it. Oh, wow. I love it. I actually didn't know about the Hotel Chocolat. <laughs> hot chocolate. That's why I'm laughing so much. But Side note, Cutter and Squidge, which is a bakery here in London, they do a hot chocolate and that is the best hot chocolate I've ever tasted. So shout out to, to Cutter and Squidge. Not sponsored by these at all, by the way. If you'd want to sponsor the podcast, please feel free to. 
Okay, Royal Community, stay tuned. If you want to be part of the VIP Royal Community over on Kofi, you can. We're going to be having our Christmas Zoom party very soon, so stay tuned for that. And if you want to contact us, you can over on email, keepingupwiththewindserspod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at keepingupwiththewindserspod, and we also have a YouTube channel, Keeping Up With The Windsors. Remember, if you're listening on Spotify, Podbean, or Apple, you can like, favorite, subscribe, whatever you have to do on your apps, and join the Royal Community over there and if you can leave us a five-star review because it really does help us to grow the community so we can all enjoy the royals together thank you so much for being here we will see you next week where we're talking all harry and megan docuseries from netflix so brace yourselves and we'll see you next week on keeping Keeping up with the the windsors